feed them really well and we sit them down and we kind of go through what a week will look like, right? Expectations, uh, things that they can look forward to and just the environment because we don't want to just assume that they would know how to make that adjustment. And so when we do that, then we begin to kind of show them what does it look like to have fun, right, in an environment like this. And we really, we try not to give them too many boundaries, but we do want to make sure that they understand uh, the parameters so they can really enjoy it safely. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure, friend, to have you stop by. Today we welcome Hassan Salim with Kids Across America Camps. He's not a stranger to the program. Back last year, Randy Odom, who was gracious to fill the microphone for me while I was out, had you on the radio, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I said, hey, it's time for us to get Mm -hmm. back together. Mm -hmm. Exciting things happening at the camps for the summer. We want our friends to know about that. But formerly for, I believe, 11 years, Mm -hmm. you were the pastor and elder at Fellowship Memphis? Yes, sir, at our downtown campus. Oh, downtown campus. Absolutely. Okay. So you're kind of a Memphis born, and I mean, this is home for you, right? Yes, home. Uh, not born. I was actually born in California, uh, but from three years old and up, uh, it's here in Memphis. California, what part of California? San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. Any memories there? Not at three no, years old, I'm no, sure. No memories there. Um, my parents were in the Nation of Islam, and when mom and dad split, mom came here with her four kids and one on the way, and this was home <laughs> from that point on. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to also mention your lovely wife, Tiffany. Mm-hmm. You have been together. Has it been 20 years? 21. 21 almost years? 22. be 22 in May. Okay, May what? 5th. May 5th? Yes. Our anniversary is on May 4th. Oh, wow. 30... Nine years, I think. Man, <laughs> so, praise God. Isn't that awesome? It's great. And I met your four sons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell me their ages and their names. Yes, Isaiah is 21. He's our oldest. Uh, then we have Jaden, who's 18. Uh, he'll be 19 in May. Josiah, he is 16. Well, actually, today is his birthday. He's 17 today. Well, we got to say happy birthday then to happy Josiah. Happy birthday, Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then Amari, he is 13. You are also a graduate of Kentucky State University. Yes. And you got your master's at the University of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You have taught and coached for a number of years. Before we get into the details and exciting things happening yeah. at the camp, I really want to hear some more of your backstory, mm-hmm. something about your family. You mentioned just a moment ago about California, of course, your first encounter with the gospel, how you met Tiffany. What's your favorite dining spot in the yes. city? Uh-huh. Do you take out the trash? Do you mow the lawn? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do it all. I don't quite mow the lawn as much nowadays because I'm traveling. But, you got four uh, boys, too. Yes, and I got four boys, and they're into a whole lot, too, in the college age. They they keep us very busy on the move, so yeah. absolutely. So growing up, you said the Nation of Islam. Yes, uh, so my parents, uh, they changed their names from their birth names into Islamic or Arabic names. And then I was born. That's where my name comes from, Hassan Majid Salim. Did you actually practice that faith yourself personally? Yeah, well, they did because uh, I was such a little guy and they were you know, faithful in it for a number of years. And that's what led to the name change. Uh, but when they divorced uh, and we moved to Memphis when I was three years old, my mother recommitted her life to Christ because she wanted to. She wanted God's help. She wanted the true help. And so she realized that that wasn't going to do for her. Now, were you the only child at that time? No, I was the fourth. So I'm the fourth boy uh, in the order. So you had four boys and she had four boys. Yes. 
What about that call to be a pastor in the ministry? And before we go there, what mm-hmm. about that first encounter with the gospel? Yeah, so grew up in a church, Baptist church uh, here. My mom drug us to church. We went to church all the time. She was a hardworking woman trying to raise six kids. She worked two jobs. And every Sunday we were at Sunday school and we were at Sunday service. And Wednesday we were at Wednesday night as well. She literally drug you there. Oh, absolutely. We didn't want to be there, but she made us come. Oh, my goodness. So that could have been a good reason for you not to want to Mm -hmm. go to church. Talk about that a second. We're living in a community that's very church, Mm -hmm. very churchy, Mm -hmm. right? Would you say? Yes, absolutely. It was the same for me and for my brothers. Uh, When it was time for us to kind of be independent on our own, uh, nearing the end of high school, uh, I I stopped going to church. Uh, just begin to live uh, the life uh, that I wanted to live. I thought I was pursuing the NFL, but I was just into all sorts of uh, sin, you know, uh, women and things like that. And uh, about four years of that until I was when I was 22 years old, Christ captured my heart. Uh, I was on a college campus. Uh, my dream of making the NFL was looking very grim. Uh, and I met this man who shared the gospel truly with me. And at that time, my eyes were open and I knew that this is what I thought I would receive. And anything else, I knew I would find that now in Christ. It was a blessing to me. Wow, Hassan, that is mm-hmm. beautiful. I love the transformation mm-hmm. story. So when you were at Kentucky State, you were playing football? Yeah, so I ended up at Kentucky State after four schools. I had been in college since 94, 98 I ended at Kentucky State. And the first week of the season, uh, was getting ready for the season, Had went through the summer, and I uh, broke my foot at practice. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, at practice, getting ready for the first game. Was that pretty much the end of your career? Pretty much. I came back in the spring. I was out that year, came back in the spring, thinking that I would try to weasel out two more years, you know, by just, you know, maneuvering things. After committing my life to Christ, I realized that I was wasting time. Yeah. Uh, and I needed to put my pursuits more so to the things that he would call me to. And so when did you discover, was it a ministry call right away, or did you start maybe pursuing other vocational careers and possibilities? Yeah, I went straight into teaching, uh, teaching and coaching, because I wanted to be a different type of teacher and a different type of coach. Uh, Now I have the gospel. Now I'm growing in my faith. I wanted to impart something life-changing into my athletes and students. Talk about that journey discipling four sons in your home that God's entrusted you Mm -hmm. and Tiffany with. We talk about, especially when you're in the ministry, you talk about and think about engaging others and spurring them on in their faith. But when you've got four sons in your house, I mean, there's a discipleship ministry right there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And so for a number of years, uh, you know, being that I didn't grow up with my father at three years old, when they divorced, uh, my mom was just our only parent. And I wanted to uh, be there for my kids. I wanted to be present. And so when the Lord allowed me to marry and to begin to have kids, uh, now as a man of faith, uh, for sure was my top priority, was making sure that they, I imparted the gospel to them at an early age. Asan, what have been some of the challenges keeping your son's focus on an identity in Christ and a culture mm-hmm. that's contrary to a life that's crucified with Christ. Absolutely. I wanted to share my life with them, right? I wanted them to know all the things that were important to me and why they were important. And that's one of the things I wanted to do first. 
but also I wanted to teach them at an early age and not really in a way that was forceful, but in a way that was loving. Like, hey, guys, this is what means the most to your dad and your mom. This is why. And let me share that with you. And that's kind of how we tried to communicate with them. And we still do today. Yeah. So after 11 years on staff and serving with Fellowship Memphis, Mm -hmm. uh, you sense God was calling you into a new thing. Absolutely. Uh, I realized that, you know, my time was nearing uh, in the role. I was beginning to be unsettled. Uh, for many different reasons. And as I began to pray and labor uh, for with the Lord for what was next, uh, he brought kids across America on the scene and it, it fit so perfectly. Was yeah. the transition difficult for mm-hmm. you? It was. It was a challenge. Uh, it took some time, still really adjusting to it because after doing something for so long, you know, obviously you get comfortable and you kind of build routines. And so just had to readjust my daily schedules and right. things like that. What's interesting, too, mm-hmm. the, the ministry is based out of Branson, yes. Missouri, mm-hmm. but you're based here in our area. Absolutely. I still live here in, in Memphis, in the Memphis area. For three months of the year, I relocate. I'm there for the summer. Uh, that's my home because uh, we, we're serving kids all throughout the summer. And so that's my home base for three months. Hassan, what excites you most about kids across America? I think just having the opportunity to uh, show the love of Jesus Christ uh, in deed, but also in word, too, with uh, the least of these, with kids that come from some underprivileged and under-resourced homes and communities. Well, your two oldest sons attended camp at Kids Across America in 2013. Do you remember that summer? Was it their first camp and time away from mom and dad? How did that experience impact their lives? Yes, it it was. And it it was a challenging experience for us to allow them to go. Uh, But a dear friend of mine, Soup Campbell, uh, love him, trusted him. uh, And he said, hey, man, I'm taking a group of kids up there. You should bring your boys. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Uh, But when they came back, uh, man, it was it was unbelievable just to see their excitement for the gospel. And they were learning scripture and they were chanting and they were just, you know, really on another level because they're generally mild mannered young men. And so they came back and they were hyped. Right. We, We have this saying that says hype is a ministry. And they came back hyped for Jesus, and the rest is history for us. Well, and I love the countenance of your young men. I met, yes. I said, mm-hmm. at least three of them mm-hmm. at church. Wow, they're just fine, outstanding young guys, and the potential there. And it's exciting when you see your kids respond to the gospel like yeah, that, you know, absolutely. and kind of ignite them, you know, mm. as a parent, right? Absolutely. It's exciting. Hassan, the Memphis and Shelby County Crime Commission released information about crimes committed by juveniles, uh, revealing that in 2021 there was a 42% increase in the number of juveniles charged with crimes and a 29% increase in the number of juveniles who were charged for delinquent acts. Now, according to this uh, Crime Commission's report, the leading violent crimes that juveniles were charged with most include aggravated assault, carjacking, and aggravated robbery. Now, as you know, community mm-hmm. leaders and citizens have expressed concern about our youth, asking what can we do to make sure we're providing our young people with the proper resources and opportunities to make sure that they are less and less likely to engage in this type of mm-hmm. behavior. Now, do you think that resources and opportunities should be our primary concern when addressing issues like this? Well, absolutely, yes, uh, both and, right? So that is important. But also time, right? Investing time and love tangibly to young people uh, along with the resources and along with the opportunities, I think, go hand in hand. 
I think that's critical, too. There's not one right answer. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about the home environment where a lot of the youth that you work with at the camps come from? Yes. Paint a picture what it's like for them. Yeah, it's, it's tough because growing up, just like the kids that we serve at Kids Across America, uh, single mom for me, uh, of course, many of them may come from single mom, which is a challenge. Mom is trying to work, trying to be mom and dad, but not really having the time to commit to the kids. Uh, so a lot of times they may be left to kind of raise themselves, so to speak. Uh, but also just thinking about the friends that I had growing up, right? Uh, mama's on drugs or uh, alcoholic or things of that sort. And these kids, a lot of them have to deal with situations like that. Uh, and so it is our privilege to be able to get them away, right, for some time and space in the summer to be able to show them a different environment, right, yeah, okay. from the love of Jesus. Oh, Christ. yes, so that's a great word there. Here's Ken Ham with Answers in Genesis. I want to address an issue, one race, one blood. It's interesting what the secular world believes when it comes to these issues. I believe that we all go back to Adam and Eve. We're all descendants of one man and one woman. Bot Radio Network is excited to welcome Ken Ham to Memphis. Join me Sunday, March 12 at Tabernacle Church in South Haven. We'll discover the biblical and scientific truth that there's only one race, the human race. See and hear Ken Ham in person this Sunday, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. at Tabernacle Church in South Haven. Something else that gets overlooked, I think, is young people aren't just committing the crimes, but they're victims of crimes, mm, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I think that gets overlooked too much. You know, many of these kids can't play in their front yard mm. out of fear of some kind of violent act of crime happening to them or their family. What is kids across America camps, what's the strategy in creating an environment for kids who come to camp that may have never experienced camp before? Uh, it's an environment I would describe it as peaceful and fun. Right. Because we're sitting on 240 acres, uh, but it's peaceful. It's sitting on Table Rock Lake uh, and they get to experience a scenery that is wide open and it's different than their neighborhoods. Right. Uh, But also everything we do is centered around the gospel. So it's fun, but it's also gospel focused. Break it down for us. Mm -hmm. What does a a typical camp week look like? Mm -hmm. The kids come for a week at a time, two weeks at a time? Yes, they come for a week, really six days. They come on Sunday uh, around after 2 p.m. And from the time they get there, we meet them with unbelievable excitement uh, because we want them to know that they're the star of the show. Like we're excited that they're here. Uh, And all the way each each day and all to to the end of the week, when they leave, we we greet them or we send them away with excitement as well. Uh, But throughout that week, we are uh, doing different skits uh, and the gospel is shared and they're playing games, they're playing sports. They're doing boating activities, water activities. Uh, They're eating uh, really good and healthy meals throughout the week, hot meals. Uh, And they just get the time just to interact with one another from all across the United States. It's an amazing experience for me. You're making me want to go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I go to Branson a couple of times a year mm-hmm. for the Chamber of Commerce. We've been doing mm-hmm. radio shows up there for probably 15 years now. Yeah. I'm about to head out there pretty soon. And I need to stop by the camp, go Absolutely. out and just see what you and Randy are up to. <laughs> Have some fun. Maybe hop on one of those zip lines, right? Oh, yeah. Come on the zip line. Absolutely. How important are the volunteer counselors that join the camps each summer? 
they're, they're extremely important, uh, and they do get paid. Uh, oh, they get so, paid. Yes, so they're not we, volunteers. They're not. They're not volunteers. Uh, and so we pay them, but we also train them and we prepare them for what it looks like for ten days prior to them actually serving at the camp. Okay. So when you think about a camp counselor for kids across America mm-hmm. for this summer, what does the ideal counselor guy or gal look like for you guys? Yes. Really, somebody who is hungering and thirsting uh, after the gospel, right? They don't have to be polished because we understand that wherever they are, our goal is to build into them. So when they leave, they're better than when they came. Uh, And so a young man or young woman who uh, is 18 years and up, who is seeking to serve and learn how to serve the next generation, and we'll teach them to do that. It'll be it'll be a challenge, but we teach them how to do hard things well. Okay, when you talk about the the training now, how far in advance do these counselors get the training before they come to the camp? They come about ten days prior to the kids uh, coming to our grounds, and we spend an extensive time shepherding them, training them, teaching them how to share the gospel, showing them what typical days look like and going through trauma training to help prepare them for some of the kids that they would receive. Okay, let's stop there a second, Hussein. When you talk about some trauma training, what are some of the issues Mm -hmm. that they could potentially face relating to trauma in relation to these kids coming to camp? Absolutely. You talk about just the environment that they live in, some of them, right? Uh, You think about uh, just the inner city and the crime and the temptations that they face, right, in their homes. Some of them may have experienced abuse or seen others who have been abused and things like that. And we want to be mindful of that. So we bring specialists in to help train our whole staff to know how to receive these kids and know what triggers may kind of throw them off, so to speak. Well, you mentioned, too, about the the tranquility of the camp and Mm -hmm. how beautiful. And I've been to Table Rock Lake. I know the environment. I know what it's like there. It's extremely beautiful. That quiet peace. You know, sometimes for people who are used to a lot of noise, Mm When it gets quiet, it gets eerie. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So talk about transitioning kids from the noise to tranquility. (laughs) Absolutely. We we bring them in uh, the first night. Uh, We feed them really well, and we sit them down, and we kind of go through what a week will look like, right? Expectations, things that they can look forward to, and just the environment, because we don't want to just assume that they would know how to make that adjustment. So when we do that, then we begin to kind of show them what does it look like to have fun, right, in an environment like this. And we really, we try not to give them too many boundaries, but we do want to make sure that they understand uh, the parameters so they can really enjoy it safely. Do these counselors that commit to time with you guys throughout the entire summer or just maybe a few weeks of the summer? How do you like to do that? Yes. So we have some we call lifers. They come and they are with us the entire summer. Uh, But we also have some who work terms. They may work four week term or a five week term. And even some of our athletes, uh, their time is limited. And so they may only be able to work three weeks or two weeks. But the goal is to give them really the training and proper equipping that they need so they can actually serve those kids because they only see a group of kids for one week at a time anyway. Right. They have that probably one day maybe, what, to get washing done or to kind of regroup. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's Saturday, but we also give them 24 hours. We call it two fours during the week also. So we have a rotating system and we give every counselor a two four during the week. And then Saturdays, we spend time to develop, to uh, do personal things, to have fun together without the kids being there. So really two days they kind of have 
off, so to speak. So when you talk about this 240 pristine acres mm-hmm. of beauty yes. in the Ozarks, what are some things that counselors and campers enjoy while they're there? Yeah, so one of the main things I think that they get to experience is the lake, right? We take them tubing. Uh, we take them out on the boat uh, and they get to tube and just be out in that lake and just have a blast. Uh, we're also fishing. We allow them to fish, uh, things like that. But we have swimming classes. We have a studio called, excuse me, we have a studio called G-Hop. It stands for God Honors Our Praise. Uh, and we have everything from the arts to dance. And we also even help students uh, do beats and write lyrics and really you know, build songs and things like that. So we, we, we give them a full experience. Oh, it sounds like, again, you're making me want to come to camp. <laughs> uh, do you have any specific stories where a counselor maybe had a difficult time connecting with a kid at first, but before the end of that camp found an amazing breakthrough? Absolutely. Uh, I, I can think of several, uh, but one I think uh, maybe really stands out as a kid. He was young, one of our younger kids. Uh, he was just struggling, never really been away from home, uh, and he was just crying. And he had a hard time to make that adjustment. And early on, the counselor tried to work with him, uh, wasn't really working out, brought him to me, and I got a chance to spend some time as a director with this young man uh, just to really help him know that, you know, he means a lot to us and his experience here means a lot that even the director would spend time with him. Uh, And by the third day, like you couldn't tell, I mean, he had a blast. And he's from right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, And I got a chance to see him here in his community at his home. So it was great. So talk about, too, this camp is not just for Memphis. There's campers from all across America, Mm -hmm. really, that come to this camp. Are you seeing the numbers grow from the Memphis area? Oh, absolutely. I I think, if I'm correctly, we had at least one group from Memphis Every single week, the nine weeks of the camp, we had at least one group from Memphis. So Memphis is the second uh, largest representation uh, city at Kids Across America. And what are some other cities? Uh, You have Houston, uh, you have Detroit, you have Miami, Florida, Denver, Colorado. We even had a group that come from the Bronx, New York. Uh, They drove 27 hours on a bus uh, to bring their kids because they believe that the camp is so unique for their demographic of kids. It's amazing. That is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh Because there's a lot of camps across America during the summertime. And that really speaks a lot about this camp here. Now, I want to give a word out to Hassan that if someone's interested in becoming a counselor at Kids Across America, what should they do? They they could uh, go to our website. It is Kids Across America. Right or it, it well they can do K A A camps so it's K A A camps with a K K A A K A M P S dot org uh, and they can hit apply. Okay, tell me about I'm third the award there for yes. campers. What's that all about? Yeah, so I'm third award you know started some years ago. Uh, so it was a just really a faithful uh, man who really exemplified what an I'm third life is, and essentially what it was was. It was him putting himself third, right? So it's God first, others second, I'm third. And that's the motto that we carry because we want to teach kids how to care for others. One, how to follow what God had his lead and then care for others. Uh, And in care for others, they care for themselves. Valuable lesson that we all need to remember that, right? I love that. We all need to be the third person. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the story is so incredible. Back in 78 when it started, Canna Camps, Mm -hmm. Joe White, who has been a longtime friend of Byte Radio Network and has done 
some meetings with Mr. Bott and mm-hmm. our staff mm-hmm. before, and I, I love Joe White. But it started there at uh, Kennecook, where they would take one of the weeks and dedicated it to the urban youth. Yes. That kind of was the what ignited. It was. And it took off from there, right? It took off from there, and then in 91, uh, that's when Kids Across America was birthed as its own uh, entity. And what's so incredible about that, in 91, it was like fire. I mean, it just started spreading. And so there was time to build a second camp by mm-hmm. 95. Yes. And then uh, as the number of young people began, uh, every year it was growing. The demand opened up the opportunity for leadership training camp. That's called Higher Ground, Higher ground yes. in 98. So tell me, what's Higher Ground? So Higher Ground is uh, a smaller camp, uh, and they are going deeper into disciple making because they're building potential leaders, those who've identified themselves uh, with leadership capabilities, uh, they go to our higher ground. It's a smaller camp. They get to be concentrated and they get to actually serve as well as experience camp. So do these camps happen simultaneously during the summertime? Yes. All three camps are happening together. Yes, really all four because we have our elementary, middle and high and then higher ground. Okay. Yes. But also we have one more, which is our Kaleo ministry. Now tell me about that. So Kaleos are the adults we, it's the called ones, right? It's Greek. Uh, and they are the adults who serve the kids in their communities and who bring the kids to camp. Yeah. And we give them a camp experience that is separate from the kids. Yeah. Asan, as we wrap up here, could you speak to the single mom? You've walked out of that yes. home life before. I have too. Yes. And they're struggling and concerned about their kids and the negative influence mm-hmm. that surrounds them. They see their student, you know, really working hard, really yes. trying to make the grades and, and not participating, but need something like Kids Camp Across America. Mm-hmm. How can you encourage them? Absolutely. One, I would say um, that for them, you know, you do an amazing job. Like, it's an amazing feat to be a single parent. Uh, and so kudos to you for taking that on. But also to community, right? It's very important to have, as it says, it takes a village to raise a child. And it's very important to bring others into the lives of your children who will help guide them and help lead them. And church communities are very important. Youth groups are very important, like my mom did for us. But also organizations and entities, you know, right? Like Kids Across America for summer. But you have organizations like MAM and Streets, uh, people who are godly and who want to go the extra mile for their children. Yeah. Yeah, if folks want to know more information about you guys, give me that website again. Yes, so it's K-A-A-K-A-M-P-S dot org. K-A-A-Camps dot org is our website. Now, Hassan, if somebody wanted to have you come and speak to their group, maybe preach a sermon at their church Absolutely. about the work, how can they reach you? They can reach me at my number is 901 901- Two three nine four seven seven three nine zero one two three nine four seven seven three. Hassan Salim, God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you so much for what you are doing for Christ's kingdom through uh, Kids Across America camps and allowing us to share the story here today. And we're just praying that God will raise up some new counselors mm-hmm. and bring back a team there that can keep investing for the gospel yes. in our young people. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.